Vogelsang Pest Management has programs for everyone's budget. Call us at 314-601-1789. Vogelsang Pest Management, serving your family like you're our family. Westplex 107.1. I like that album so much better than the one he's got out right now. Have you listened to any stuff off the new album he's got out? Justin Bieber. If it's not on KSLQ or Westplex 107.1, I don't listen to it. Well, we're not playing his new song, and I know that's probably going to... Then I haven't heard it. Yeah, well... There you go. It's called Juicy or something like that. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes, to me, uh, there's there's a great podcast. Um, these guys are on NPR all the time. It's two guys who were like music snobs, and they were both like making fun of pop music. Oh, it's just so horrible, just so terrible. And then somehow or another, I can't remember, one of them got into it and really listened to a song and started a breaking piece because they're both like music geeks. You know, I mean, I don't know if you know anybody who you hear, hear like a song and they can tell you what key it's in. You know what I mean? Oh, that's in G minor. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I do. It's just like I saw a video the other day of uh, Ed Sheeran and he was on a talk show in England. And the challenge was, can you play any song with four chords? So he's, he's there live on this show with his guitar and people start yelling out songs to him, you know, like, hey, Jude. And he does it with four chords, the same four chords. He says, you can do any song with four chords. If you know four chords on the, on the guitar, you can do any song. <laughs> four chords in one sentence can make a song. Well, no, no. He, he actually sang like several, several, you know, uh, 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 several Bars. stanzas of the of the of the songs, you know, like like, you know, uh, uh, and it was pretty interesting. Now, obviously, he's extremely talented because in his head, he knows what chords to play where, because the fact that he's trying to match where the song goes, where the lyrics goes and things like that. But I, I just, you know, I've never been able to do that. I, I studied music in high school and junior high and grade school and I played but I was never I mean you know to this day I can still Were you in the Suzuki program? No 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 that was the that was the violin people those were that originally started over at SIU Edwardsville if you know that or not that was uh, I did not know that but I was in Suzuki Really were you you know I that, I, I was in I played the violin I was in Suzuki for a while You want to hear what I I or I you know got from Suzuki um, a broken arm. I had a Suzuki, and that's how it sounded. <laughs> it really does. I, I had a, but you I, also got a broken bone and a broken rib, didn't you? Yeah, no, not from the Suzuki. Um, I didn't, I had the damnedest thing with that Suzuki motorcycle. It was a 125, and I got it really cheap. And then I realized why I, why I got it really cheap. It had... A manufacturing defect. These, this is like you know, these were old bikes, like maybe seventies. I don't know, something like that. Seventies, maybe even late sixties. And it had a manufacturing defect. And the way it was designed is that if a gasket went bad, I can't remember exactly the whole thing, but if something apart, a gasket or something went bad, the throttle essentially just became like inoperable, and it went full throttle. In other words, it would be like oh my. it would be like you taking your foot in your car and just smashing it down on the accelerator all the all the way to the floor, and it gets stuck. You know, the only thing you can do is. Turn 
turn the engine off. That's pretty much it. And that right. was one of the things. And every once in a while, this would happen to me where I'd be out in a dirt bike with my Suzuki and the thing would just go full throttle and you'd go, whoa. And you'd, you know, you'd throw the clutch in and, you know, and hit the kill switch and, you know, hope you got it tamed down in a hurry. Otherwise, like you ended up in a creek or, you know, because I was doing, you know, off-road kind of stuff. But anyway, that's wing, ding, 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 ding. That was the old two-stroke days. Uh, yes. It is See, be- now, why don't you record that? I don't record what? Oh, oh, I did. I just did. I did. Here, here. Let me, let me, let me put it in the computer. And what I just did. So, in other words, you're saying is that when I say stupid stuff, that I, I should play my little wing, wing, thing, right? Okay. Okay. Yes. Let me. I'm going to say something stupid here. Um, I'm going to say uh, the Earth is flat. I believe that. <laughs> you, me, and Bob Anger. Did, did did it work? Did it work? Uh-huh. You know, there was I a did. guy. Good you know, job. I don't want to get off on the topic, and I never do that. Uh, but we didn't talk about this at all. There was a guy last week that was killed in a rocket. Did you hear this story? No. This guy was sort of an interesting guy. He was sort of a self-promoter, sort of a, like a, an evil Knievel wannabe kind of guy. Yeah. And But he, he claimed that the earth was flat. And his goal in life was that he was going to, and he did this a couple times, he built these rockets and he was going to go up so fast, so high, and he was going to take pictures, like, you know, like the astronauts haven't already done that. But in other words, he was saying he was going to go up so high in the, in the sky and he's going to take pictures and he was going to prove that the earth was flat and it was just a big round, almost like a big round pizza. You know what I mean? That's the uh-huh. earth. Okay. And I think it was last week, the week before, he launched one of these rockets, and it didn't go well, and it crashed, and he was killed. Uh, but I'm sorry for that. There was a guy on one of the local talk shows who, uh, actually a regular on one of the local talk shows, and I called him up, and I called him out, and he could not refute what I said. Because you know how I can tell you that the earth is not flat? How? Radio. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Because if especially FM, the station we're on right now, the signal is line of sight, which means it's on a tower and it radiates from that. And it just goes, it goes, you know, in, in a bunch of directions, it goes, you know, up into the sky straight up. But the majority of the signal is radiated along the, uh, you know, at a 90 degree angle to the tower. So in other words, the, 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 the signal is being radiated horizontally from the tower. And if the earth was flat and, and perfect example if you go to areas uh, that are very, very flat, like out in the out in the out in the southwest, like in the desert and things like that, there's yeah, Illinois. Well, well, <laughs> Illinois. Well, that's sort of funny you should mention it because that is sort of true. Uh, but if the Earth were it flat, it is the longest drive yes, in Illinois from, yeah, from ever. Edward, yes, from Edwardsville up to Chicago. You know, once you get just north of Edwardsville, it's like it's like flat and boring. It's it's almost worse than Kansas. People on buckboards. <laughs> You're going to bring that up. Anyway, anyway, the idea behind radio is, and I said to him, I said, the whole idea behind radio, and especially FM, the most important thing you can have for a signal to go far is not necessarily power, but it's height. And one of the yeah. guys in the station says, well, we're a 100,000-watt station. And I said, if you took your antenna and put it 500 feet above ground, or no, we put it 100 feet above ground at uh, 100,000 watts, uh, you would only cover maybe 10 miles. But if you took that same antenna, 100,000 watts, and you put it up at 2,000 feet above ground, you'd cover 200 miles. And 
Everybody agreed. And even the guy, even this flat earth guy agreed. And I go right now. And I said to him, if, if the earth was flat, the radio station you're on is one of the St. Louis stations. One of the, the radio station you're on, if the earth was truly flat, the people in LA could be listening to this radio station. And then the room sort of went silent. And he's, and, and then one of the guys says, well, yeah, what do you say about that? Because <laughs> that, that's the way it is. You know, and even to the point where, where you know from like, like the situation with, with aircraft, if, if uh, you know, like if the, 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 the receive antennas, the transmit the receive antennas that you guys use to talk to the, air, the, you know, the aircraft are not that far off the ground. You know no, they're not. You know, they're about... Depending on who you're talking to, um, they're about, I don't know, 150, 200 off the ground. I don't even know if they're that tall. Some of them are 135. But but the point being is the reason they don't have to be that tall is because the planes are way up in the sky. You know what I mean? And it's not like the, the planes are above the horizon. You, you know? Except for the ones that are closest to the airport. Well, those are short. Yeah. Because, once again, they don't have to go very far. Because they're only uh, controlling, you know, I, I still to this day, and you know what the crazy thing about this is? I, what? Fl- I flew helicopters, and every once in a while, I'll have you a... did? I didn't know that about you. Yeah, and I was also a Navy SEAL. Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> Boots on the ground. Remember remember the, the Greitens election? You know, yes, it, I do. The running joke was, almost everybody was saying that to a point. Hey, did you know that, that Eric Greitens was a Navy SEAL? Did you know that he was a Navy SEAL? I didn't know that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> We had, we Funny. He, he came to our meeting of the O'Fallon Chamber of Commerce. Gosh, that's been what four or five years ago or something like that. It now? has. And how many times did he say he was a Navy SEAL? I mean, that that would have been like a drinking game. Hey, let's go to an Eric Greitens presentation, <laughs> and every time he says Navy SEAL, you have to chug a beer. You know, I mean, yep. you'd, you'd have to bring in one of those, as 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 uh, as uh, Mr. Shannon would say, you'd have to bring in one of those handy forty-eight packs. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, to compete in that game. But that's any, hilarious. Anyway, the, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, oh, we 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 didn't. You know, we were told to except for certain occasions we were always told to avoid normal air traffic control so we didn't do downwinds and left bases and right bases and finals and all that you know all that kind of good stuff i mean you know we just flew and uh, although occasionally from time to time um with some of the newer air traffic controllers uh, that we were asked, depending upon airport we were going to, we were asked to essentially make approaches just like a plane would. And they would give us a runway, and we would come in, and we would shoot the approach, and we'd try to hit the glide slope, which was sort of funny because in a helicopter, it doesn't really matter, you know, because you can, you know, you know, pretty much land you can anywhere. Hover. Yeah, you can hover. You can, you know, go straight up, straight down, sideways, backwards, whichever way. But uh, uh, so when I hear when I hear guys talking about well you know i went and ran an imc and 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 the other thing is we didn't fly you know we didn't fly instrument i mean you know, there are very 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 few helicopters that have instrument controls i mean perfect example really? oh yeah the, the 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 kobe bryant uh uh you know uh, uh helicopter that was a very expensive sikorsky s76 no instruments it was that's that's it was interesting because last week or was it this week when they had the so big, what did they do fly gps no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to fly in, in, in that. See, that's the see she, the the Kobe's wife. I don't know if you heard this or not. She filed a big lawsuit against the helicopter company, and and she'll probably win because of the fact that 
it came out that the pilot had done this one time before, and it actually got cited by the FAA and actually had a talking to by one of the FAA. They have and I've never heard this before, but I read the story on it that they have like their people from the FAA that are like consulars that sit down and talk with pilots who have been uh, cited for certain violations. And essentially, it's like, you know, it's like the principal giving, you know, like, a, you know, no, son, you shouldn't have done that. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. If, you know, I don't think there, there are IFR instrument uh, helicopters, but man, I, I don't, I've never seen one before. Never. And even the one he was in, which was a very expensive corporate ship, it didn't have any instrument flying in it. I mean, that was the problem he had. And if you listen to the, to the air traffic controller, if you read the transcript near the end, he was actually asking the um, flight, the, uh, uh, the air traffic controller to give him, there's a term for this and I can't remember it is, essentially what he was trying to do is he was trying to have the air traffic controller relay his position via radar. And I think it's called contact control or something like that, where the air traffic controller would literally, you know, say to the pilot, okay, you're right at such and such and such and such. You should be, you know, and your altitude is, you know, 1,800 feet. You should be at 2,200, minimum of 2,200 feet. And the problem was the air traffic controller told him he couldn't get him on radar because he was too low. They have a problem with this out in L.A., and that's one of the things where they were talking about it. I mean, you remember, they're, you know, they're building a big new stadium that Kronke's building out there. One, uh-huh. of the, one of the problems they had was is that it was going to give a shadow to the radar because the, the stadium is, is not immediately to the east, but it's to the east of LAX, and it was going to create a shadow that there was going to be a like hole in the radar coverage that the air traffic controllers could see because the, the, the stadium was going to be like blocking it. So they had to put the stadium further underground than they normally wanted to. So, like, like the, the, the playing field is, like, well below uh, the surface level out there. Does that make any sense? It does, but that's odd. Oh, I yeah. can see well, how it would cause a problem with LAX. Well, you have that, you have that in the St. Louis area where when you get out to the southwest, uh, you know, around 44, where you have the rolling hills. There's spots out there that the radar is blind to if you're low enough. You know, I mean, you got to be pretty low, but still, you know, the, the air traffic controllers can't see out there because they're, you know, they can't see in the radar. And you know, in the, in the radar is is I always get a kick out of it. I drive by it all the time. It's over there in Woodson. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Shelly's the old FAA lady. <laughs> I shouldn't say old FAA lady. It sounds like you're, you know, well, she was when she. It's she's, actually not on Woodson. It's on. Um, it starts with an A. Eighty. No, it's on. No, uh, uh, no, 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 no. The one I'm talking about is in Overland, right there on. Uh, no, you know where you're right. It's not on Woodson. You're right. It is on. It's um. Uh, it's um. Uh, and people would call up and say that they were. Um, it was causing them interference with their TV, like it was talking to UFOs. I I don't you know I don't necessarily doubt that. I mean I quite honestly I wouldn't want to live next to that thing. I had, I had a friend of mine that that was in the military and his job was working on those radar antennas. Couldn't have kids. He claims it was because of the fact he got radiated. Could I be. don't know if that's necessarily accurate. I don't know. Um, I don't know. My husband was a steely-eyed missile man, and he worked on radios, he, radars. He built them for uh, NASA, Yeah. and he also built them for a company called Vitro. Yeah. So he traveled all over the world and uh, all over the nation, I'm sorry. No, he actually was over the world because he went over on Ascension Island. So... Listeners, listen carefully when Shelly talks because 
she is married to a rocket scientist. A steely-eyed missile man. And when, when, when and it rubs off on Shelly. I mean, sometimes I'll be having a conversation with Shelly, and she'll start talking about apogees and arcs and, and you know, things like that. And I'm like, whoa, no, I don't. whoa, tell me more. And, well, you know, and she'll talk about vectors and, and invert fl- inverted flight curves and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Brad, I don't do that. <laughs> you know I don't do that. Stop it. <laughs> you, that, that wasn't you I was having lunch with. <laughs> The only thing that I closely talked about technical is whether or not the ILS, the localizer, has a back has a back um, path. We talked about that yesterday because I read a couple stories about that, you know, which is sort of interesting. So I I I find that whole thing fascinating, and and the the thing it is fascinating actually. You know, I mean, and and to the point where some of the the more modern uh, jet, you know, like the big uh, passenger aircraft, now the the uh, the instrument landing systems are so sophisticated, the plane can land itself, although it doesn't do that very often, but it can. I know it can. Yeah, go all the way down because on the it's runway. It's got GPS. Well, but no, but even on the ILS system, they claim that you can put it all the way down onto the onto the runway with the with the ILS system. ILS stands. Well, for, that's that is true. If they sit there and they follow it, I mean, that's the whole purpose of it. Right, right. I mean, but but in other words, completely hands off. In other words, they can put the, the plane in autopilot. Isn't that called autopilot? Well, but technically, I mean, the smaller planes can't. I don't think they can necessarily do that. But every once in a while, you'll read a story about uh, there was a a, a historic. Um, a crash uh, that involved a, um, um, a UPS cargo plane. It was like, I think it was 747 that crashed in Saudi Arabia. And because they had a fire on board, this is how the whole thing, how when you go to the airport or you go to the post office to mail something, they ask if it has any lithium batteries. This was yeah. when, this is when lithium batteries first became popular. And they were, they were carrying a bunch of lithium batteries and lithium batteries caught on fire. And uh, the plane, you know, they had a, 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 a you know, fire in the cargo hold, and uh, they had some issues with being able to control the plane. But ultimately, what the plane crashed because of the fact that the, the cockpit filled up with smoke, and, and the pilots couldn't read the controls. And the one pilot was trying to get the, uh, the autopilot system engaged, and he couldn't see it. You know, because of the fact that they had the they had of the, all the smoke in there. Yeah, they had the the you know the masks. You know, they had the masks where they were supplied with oxygen, so they didn't asphyxiate. But they didn't have uh, this. That was one of the things they talked about that UPS and a lot of the other uh, planes uh, went with the full the full mask that had the uh, you know the 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 thing that goes over your eyes, not just like the the you know the breathing mask. It was the full mask that covered your eyes. So in other words, the idea being is is that the pilots could still uh, essentially see something because the smoke wouldn't get in their eyes. It would still be smoky, but they could put their head right up to like the you know the the control panel and and still read the controls. You know if they you know because of the fact that they could see because the smoke wasn't in their eyes. God, are we talking about all sorts of weird stuff this morning or not? This is like, I know, and it's six twenty six. This is like Nerdville. You know, people. Is there anybody still listening? yet you know if you're listening text shelly at 1-800 bs in the morning i'm kidding that is not our number don't <laughs> do that what whose number that is <laughs> i have to dial that and see what happens it's, it's actually should be one bs in the morning 
one BS in the morning. It's 626. Westplex 107.1, one of my favorite songs. I've always liked that song. And it used to be one of my Friday songs I play on KSLQ all the time. And here it's Friday. We're playing it on Westplex 107.1. And it's one of those songs that people don't get the right lyrics to it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> the line is, I remember when I first played that in KSLQ, I had some lady call me up and and just ream me out. She goes, I'm driving to, to work and I'm dropping my kids off and that song comes on. It's a horrible song. And I didn't really realize what she was saying at first. I go, which song? She says, that one you just played about we can all get laid. I go, no, 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 that's not what they say. If you listen to the song, it's talking about making money, and it's talking about, you know, we can all get paid. And she went, I disagree with you. Oh. Listen to it carefully. I did listen to it carefully. It's about making money because because they talk about one of the lines is, you know, you work all week. Sex sells. No, 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 no. He talks about you work <laughs> you work all week to get out of town and then something about you get you work all week to get out of town, but then just when you leave you have to turn around. You know, the idea being that, you know, that if you don't have any money, you can't go very far. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. And if, okay. Watch the video too. The videos, the you know, the, on a scale of one to ten, the video is a six. At least it's better than than stupid dance monkey, which is like, yeah. You know, I watched. <laughs> did, have you watched that yet? I haven't. Oh, it's I, I. Once again, I don't get it. Now there's some videos. I still haven't heard the word monkey in there. It's. Uh, do we have to play that song? And do we have to listen to it like frame by frame for you can prove that it says dance monkey in it? I'll just go on YouTube and get the lyric. Hold on a minute. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, I don't know. I have to, I have to go on the other computer to see what the uh, the the UID on it is to see if I can pull it up through the computer system. But yeah, I think she only says it once. You know, there's an article I read years ago. It's almost like you had a problem with hearing the word tattoo. Yeah, well, but there's a there's a um, there's there's a uh, an article I read years ago that talked about the songs that you know the pop songs the big pop songs that the title was never said in the song and you know the one that always i was remind uh, i remember is it was a rod sturt song called young turks i remember that he's coming to town yes but he never says young turks in the entire song that's never in the song you know, it, and 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 it was, you know, and when I read that, that was I never thought of that. <laughs> he never does say "Young Turks" in the in the uh, in the in the song. So anyway, goofy stuff, goofy stuff. Lots of stuff to talk about this morning. Um, should I tell the story about the time that uh, I was driving? I, you know, yesterday I told the story about one of our competitors who drives a station vehicle, and I don't know if this is just coincidence or he's tailing me or he actually works for the CIA and he's spying on me or I don't know what the deal is but he keeps passing me and to the point where when I say he's passing me I'm doing you're driving 40 I'm not god I had somebody the other night just driving me nuts I'm in the center lane on 170 going north from 40 okay I'm in the center lane I'm doing 65 so I'm five miles an hour over the speed limit, and the guy is on my bumper flashing his brights at me. I'm going like, dude, there's a lane to the left, there's a lane to the right, I'm already speeding, don't sit behind me and flash your damn headlights. 
Hoover Dam headlights, you know, and and uh, and I'm going like, I mean, what does he want me to do? Damn headlights, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You're funny. No, I mean, but but if, if I'm sitting in the fast lane doing 65 and a 60, I get it. Get behind me, you know, flash me off, you know, ride my bumper. I get it, you know, because even though the speed limit's 60 and I'm doing 65, that doesn't give me the right. Matter of fact, there's the state law that you're supposed to what keep keep right unless passing or whatever the heck like that. Uh, but um, anyway, I had um, um, years ago, I'm driving one of our station vehicles, and I'm on westbound 40, and I'm head from Chesterfield Valley into St. Charles, and I just had gone across the, the bridge right there, the Daniel Boone Bridge, and my phone rings. I saw the number, didn't recognize the number. And the way the phone system was set up at the time is that if, uh, if they called the station and nobody answered at the station, it would automatically forward to my cell phone. So the guy calls up. He says, I'd like to talk to the manager. I go, you're talking to him? And he says, yeah. He says, uh, I want to report one of, your, one of your people that works for you as a horrible driver. And I go, I go really? Who, you know, what, what vehicle? Uh, so, and he, and he, he described the, the, the vehicle I was driving. And it turns out he was behind me. So he's behind me calling the station thinking like i'm at the station you know i'm the manager i'm at the station and he's complaining about the this person driving the station vehicle and it's me and i'm in the vehicle and i'm driving and i look down at the speedometer and i'm doing like you know 65 and then the guy starts like yelling, you know he's a horrible driver you need to fire this guy and I go, well, what did he do? <laughs> Once again, keep in mind, he's behind me, you know? And he says, he says, well, well, he, he, when he got on the highway, uh, he didn't, he didn't merge properly. Because I got on out there like at, 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 you know, Boone's Crossing. I go, well, what, what do you mean he didn't merge? Well, well, he quite, quite, wasn't quite up to speed. And that's the problem that when I came up on him, you know, I had to slow down because of the fact that he came into my lane and he wasn't doing the speed limit. Exactly. <laughs> but I said, well, how, was he like super? Because I'm going like, I don't remember that. I go, was, like, was he super slow? I'm still playing dumb. you know. And the guy goes, well, he was probably doing like 55 or so. I go, well, aren't you supposed to, if you're in that lane, you know, aren't you supposed to merge into the other lane to let people on? You know what I mean? Isn't that one of the things they teach in driver's ed? That if you're driving in that right lane on the on the interstate, that, you know, when people are merging on, you're supposed to move over lane? Am I wrong on that? If people, yes. No, you're not. You're supposed to, you're supposed to move, especially if it's like, if it's like multi-lanes, like Highway 40 out there is what? Four lanes. So, yes. I mean, he could move over... You know, one lane to the right or to the left. No, no, not to the right. I mean, he'd he'd move over a lane to the left. In other words, if he's in the outside lane, and, oh, he's in the outside. Yeah, lane he's on in the, the outside right. lane. Yeah, he's in the outside lane, and there's an entrance. So ramp. he would he would go he would move over one lane. Yes, move over a lane to essentially yes. allow traffic to merge onto the highway. Because sometimes, depending on, I mean, some of those ramps, like for example, the one that that I have issues with all the time is the one on uh, on uh, a page at 170 going southbound. That ramp is real short and uh, Page at 170 going southbound right by the uh, right across the street from the windmill the alborisi uh, company right there i love that windmill okay so the the, the part of the problem I is do. is that you're going south on 170 you're on page but the ramp goes up so in other words you're going uphill trying to accelerate and if you got a little creepy car like like mine um and then that the, drives 40 right and 
I don't drive 40. And then the acceleration <laughs> lane isn't that long. You know, the acceleration lane's sort of short. So, you know, a lot of times, it's, unless you're driving like a Ferrari, and the problem is most of the time there's like a truck in front of you that can't yes, you know, accelerate up the highway is. that quick, you know, and they can't get up to the interstate speed. So the guys Or like, a car that's got a sticker on it. The guy's reaming me out. And I'm going like, and I said to the guy, I said, okay, let me verify what vehicle this is. And, and he, I go, read me the license number. And he reads me the license number. And I said to him, I will, as soon as I know exactly who that is, as soon as they get back to the station, I will fire them. And the guy says, great, they shouldn't be on the road. And it was me. That was hilarious. So did you fire yourself? I did. I fired myself. And then I Did re- you say shame on you, I, I, Brad? I, I'm going like, you know, I'm I'm telling you, I have had I took you know, what's still to this day, I mean, and I took driver's ed a long time ago, I can still remember things from driver's ed. I mean, we used to have in the old days, we used to have simulators. These, 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 yes, it was like, yes, we remember did. That? Remember that? It was, it, uh-huh. was, it was like, and there was this. The one thing I remember from driver's ed is when you're backing up, you want to keep on looking back. You don't want to sit there and, and go back and forth, back and forth. By the At way, least back then, you didn't have your rear view cameras and stuff like that. But I got, actually got an F in that class because I did that okay, on my final. Ne- ne- next break, I want to talk about that with driver's test because there's something interesting happening in some states with driver's test. But we got to take a break here. We're going to tell you about the weather, about how the sun's already up this morning, how the temperatures Woo-hoo. are going to be decent today, and the temperatures are going to be really good over the weekend. Jennifer... Wojcicki. We'll have the complete forecast, and she is up next. Hi, this is Wentzville Fire Chief John Schneider, and we want to bring your attention. Westplex 107.1, when that song first came out, the first time you heard that song, Shelley, did you like it? No, because I thought he was kind of whiny. <laughs> okay, now that you've heard it, it's been a hit, are you still not like it? Just because it's a hit doesn't mean that I don't think he's whiny. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. Shelley's always cr- criticizing male singers because they sound whiny. Uh, was Frank Sinatra whiny? No, he was the bomb. <laughs> how about... Dean how, Martin? Oh, delicious. How about the Beatles, Paul McCartney? Is he whiny? No. Okay. Uh, how about uh, current people? How about like Justin Bieber? Is he whiny? Sometimes. Okay. Um, women, are they whiny? Halsey, is she whiny? What does she sing? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just... You know, men... <coughs> Excuse me. Somebody's got a little sniffle. <coughs> you know, I... You know how you get to be... You, you know, when you're a kid... You, you know, you see your parents doing stuff and you go like, man, when I grow up, I'm never going to do that. I did one of those things last night that I didn't think I'd ever do. What's that? I went to bed at seven o'clock. Well, you probably needed it because you're sicker than a dog. Oh, man, I've been fighting whatever I've been fighting all week long. Oh, it drives me nuts. Just when I think you I need feel- to go to our friend. He'll take care of you. Dr. Deb? No. Doctor, she's, she's well, a doctor. Take care of you too, but she's no, a, she's a doctor. Doctor uh, Weikert. She 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 uh, she'd say things and and you know tell me to repeat back sentences and then I'd be better, right? Uh huh. That's not why you do that. <laughs> but she she could take care of you. She could fix all your all your uh, ills. But um, 
anyway, we're talking about whiny male singers. So, I, or, yeah, so are the females, are. females, none of them are whiny? It doesn't bother me as much as male be, men being whiny. How about Tones and I? How about Dance Monkey? So she's actually got like a 1920 kind of voice. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because the first time I heard that, I thought, is that Betty Boop doing the song? You know, I know. <laughs> me too. And pe- people are going like, who the hell's Betty Boop? You know, but, but Betty Boop, Boop, me too. Well, Boop. Betty Boop's had a resurgence. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the, she, you see stuff, the Betty Boop There's stuff. There's an underground uh, following of Betty Boop. Oh, I know. I know. It's like it's gotten hip again. You know, Betty Boop stuff. Sort of the retro kind of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's just like the first time I heard Cindy Lauper, I thought to myself, I don't know about her. But then, you know, she turned out to be an incredibly talented artist, you know? Y- yes, she did. Although I think she took a wrong turn when she got involved with the WWF. But that was almost on. You remember she was. Remember that? No. She was part of the WWF thing where she would show up at the fights and, you know, yell at people and yell at the fighters and stuff like that. Well, that's all called um, God, every, promotionalism. Every time I think about that, I, I, I to this day, I could call my oldest son up. I'm telling you, I could call him right now and I could say, Brett. Remember the time I took you and Brian to the wrestling matches, and he would Do it. Call he, him up. he would finish the story, and the story was the the kid that lived a couple doors from him. His dad, his name was Brian, and his and he was a real wrestling fan, and he his dad bought him tickets to go to uh, this wrestling match, and at the time they were at like one of the high schools. This was like the WC. Was that Ric Flair and Bulldog no, Bob no, it was Brown it was WCW, and it was this is the stuff. This is the one that. Ted Turner put together on 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 CNN and TNN or TNT whatever it was to compete with WWF which is now WWE and anyway Brian's father uh, so then is it going to be WWG I don't know Brian's father got called out of town he was his his something on his company he had an unexpected business trip and he called me up and he said he says hey he says um, you know I've got these tickets to the wrestling match and Brian really wanted to go but um, you know I thought I'd give them to you and I'm not trying to you know ask you for a favor but would you mind taking Brian and your son to go see this wrestling oh, okay fine I guess they were like I don't know eight or nine at the time and we had like ringside seats and, and so I'm sitting you know to the left of them there's like you know there's you know my son's right next to me and his friend Brian so they're all sitting to the you know or no they're sitting to the right of me and and during the match, we had the perfect angle where the big star who was out there, like, you know, gave this big powerhouse swing and right at the guy's face. But from our angle, you could see he missed him by like a good six inches. And this guy's head snaps back and he falls to the ground. And immediately, my my son and Brian, the two kids, look at me and their mouth, are, are like their jaw dropped. And almost, they said it almost simultaneously, he never hit him. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that their their image of wrestling from that point forward was ruined because, you know, they saw that it was really fake, you know? It, it was really fake, even even back in the uh, 70s. Yeah, well. Because, um, let me see, Bulldog Bob, Bob Brown and Ric Flair, they were at a wrestling match, and you could see... That um, I think Bulldog, I, I 
I think that's who it was. You could see him tell Ricky Flair, pick me up now. Well, but the, but here's the other thing, though. Okay, it, it's fake and they determine who's going to win. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's sort of like uh, Houston Astros baseball, you know, where they can start to determine who's going to win. Oop, did I say that? Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, You're funny. The, the idea being uh, is that those guys are super athletes because to do what they can do and not hurt each other is pretty interesting. You know what I mean? I do. The aspect of picking them up and throwing them around and jumping on them and being able to do those moves and not because, you know. Because those are some big boys. Well, watch watch MMA. I mean, some of these fights end no, in like, I don't, I don't like, that. In like 10 seconds. Graphic. I see. I, I can't believe they get away with that. I mean, to me, to me, that's like, okay, I know it's huge. I know there's tons of people making tons of money. But you see some of these guys just get knocked out stone cold. And you're going like, okay, the NFL's worrying about concussions. What the hell's going on with the you know UF, UFC? I mean, aren't they worried about these guys who are getting literally... I mean, you, you rarely see a, a football player get knocked out. You see it from time to time, but not very often. But in, in UFC, all the time. You know, these guys get literally, you see them get whacked in the head by a, you know, like a kick or a punch, and you see them instantly go unconscious and just fall to the floor. It's and, like the Hunger Games. Well, I see, I've never seen that many of those movies. Well, I, I couldn't sit through all of it because yeah. I, yeah. It made you hungry? No, it did not. Oh. <laughs> isn't, it didn't. Isn't, isn't, um, isn't the Hunger Games about. entertained. Isn't the Hunger Games about guys that work at pizza places? No, um, Katniss Everdeen is the main protagonist. I have no idea. Who and that the is. narrator of the Hunger Games trilogy. Okay, I've never seen any of it, so shows where my interest is. Okay, it's just like it's just like if I see if if I'm looking. You're a rom com no, kind of guy. No, I, I hear I I that kind of stuff and video games. If if I see a video, if somebody if a video game pops up, like I'm watching something, and a video game pop, you know, like some of these guys are doing like the the e games, and I mean immediately next, I just have no interest in that whatsoever. I mean, I'd I'd rather I'd rather go to the license bureau and and wait my turn in line than to watch that kind of stuff. The and, license bureau in Wentzville yeah, when there's wait. no one there, you can walk right in. It's seven oh five. Westplex 107.1. Shelly, did you hear it? I actually did. She says she said it, that she had been dancing like a monkey her, her whole life. She says it one time in the entire song. It's the only time yeah. I've heard it. Is that what you heard? The only one once? That's all That's yeah. all I heard, yes. And, and yeah, so she says, dance like a monkey my entire life or something like that. Yeah. So there it is. She said, But she never says dance monkey. No, she doesn't. Yeah. She just says that she's been dancing like a monkey her whole life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that routine. <laughs> been there, <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, have, as have we all. Okay, you know, I'm fascinated by the strangest stuff, uh, and but I'm sort of interesting because of the fact that I'm not the only one. And I tell you, a weird thing that happened to me the other day. I'm in a store who shall remain nameless because they never do advertising with us. And it's one of these big box stores, and they have, I don't know if you've seen these before, but they have these machines where you can sell your cell phone. You ever seen this before? That's Foxpaw. No, 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 no. Sell it. Not get it fixed. Sell it. 
It's I think a, Foxpaw does that. No, though. but this is not Foxpaw. This is a national company. And it's a machine where you, there's those, you know, it's like a kiosk kind of machine. It's got a screen on it and, you know, and it has you, you know, tell you what kind of a phone it is. And, you know, you have to certify that you own it. You didn't steal oh, it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So I'm thinking to myself, I wonder whoever does that. Who would go to a store with their phone and, you know, let a machine take their phone and I guess, I don't know how they get like a credit card or spits out money. I don't know what it does. You get paid for it, okay? So I'm standing in line, waiting in line, and the guy is there working on this machine. And he opens up the machine, you know, he's got the front open, the whole bit, and there's this tray of all these cell phones that people have, you know, essentially sold to this machine. And he's taking them out, and he's got a box, and he puts them in a box, and he puts some packing material around it, and he's got he's got this whole little, it's sort of cool, he's got this cart. It's like a little, you know, like a little two-wheeler, but he's got it designed where he's got like, you know, he's got a toolbox on one, on one on the bottom, and he's got this, and he's got this, and he's got another little box. He opens up, and he's got a tape gun, you know, and he tapes up this box, and he sticks these labels on it. So I'm standing there, and as the guy starts to wheel his little cart away, I go, hey, can I ask you a question? And it's funny because the lady right in front of me says, yeah, I want to ask you a question too. And I looked at her and I said, I said, are you interested in that machine? She says, yes, I've always seen that. Thought, Who in the world would sell their phone to a machine in a store? And he says that he services these machines and sometimes there's 50 to 60 phones in one of these machines a week. Wow. And I'm thinking, who would do that? Would you ever do that? No. Mm -mm. I'm, and, but, but, I absolutely would not. But what's interesting is he had a jacket on, and the jacket said Red Box. And I go, well, are you the Red Box guy? And he says, oh, yeah. He says, I work for Red Box. And he says, we have a contract with this company that does the cell phones. And, and he says, so he says, and it makes sense for us because he says, there's a red box machine. And he says, see right there? And there are a couple other boxes in this little two-wheeler. He says, uh, he says, that one box right there is filled with the new DVDs I put in the red box machine. And the other box is filled with the old DVDs that I took out that I send back to, to, uh, to uh, uh, the company. I said, so, so you just, you got like, he says, I got boxes in my truck. And he says, uh, and, and each of the machines apparently has a printer inside. And it prints out a label, which he sticks. This is from the cell phone machine, which he sticks on the box. He puts the cell phones in there. So then he drops it off, I guess, at FedEx or UPS or the post office or something. I don't know. I didn't know. I, didn't, I forgot to ask him how they shipped it back. And it's all got the barcodes on it the whole bit. So when it's received at the company, they know you know where it came from they know which machine because this is on the barcode and the whole bit and then they go through and they they take these these i said well what do they do with the cell phones and he says um he says they try to fix them and then they resell them and he says if they're if they're repairable he says a lot of times it's broken screens and they'll put a new screen on it and then they'll resell the phones and he says if, if they can't then they recycle them he said they'll they'll essentially you know take the parts out that are worth money and and you know take the batteries and they can extract stuff from the batteries and they can extract stuff from this and that and the whole bit and then they and that's you know and i go well well i you know i said can you make a lot of money at that and he says oh he says no he says he says matter of fact he says this to us he says he says that's the worst. He says, you can usually get more money at a pawn shop for your cell phone than you can through the machine. 
And he says, but it's just convenience. He says, like anything else. He says, you go into, you know, in the, you know, like the, this particular store. He says, people walk in and they got an old, like, he says, he says, it is funny. He says, a lot of women carry broken cell phones in this purse. That's what he said to me in their purse. That's true. Is that true? Do you have, yes. a, do you have a broken cell phone in your purse? No, but a lot of women do have broken cell phones until they can get a new one. Yeah, they'll just deal with the screen being cracked. No, no, no. These, these are not phones that are just activated. kind of like you. No, I no, mean, no, 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 no. You're dealing with no, a, no. What I'm saying is he had like they. He said they had like an extra broken cell phone in their purse. In other words, it wasn't like their maybe main, that was their personal one, and the one that they were using is their work one. So they just recycled the work one. <laughs> you want to get the no, boss mad at you? Hey, boss, one. you be nice to me, or I'm going to go to the store and recycle this phone, and you won't get it back. Yeah, yeah. Try that and see how that works. Well, but the, the thing <laughs> I'm thinking is, how do they know it's not stolen? How do you know that that guy that's and then recycling that that phone isn't the guy that just broke out your window in the parking lot and stole your phone and went inside and recycled it? You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I don't. You know. And to the point where, where I mean, to me, it's almost like it's like I don't know if that, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that because of the fact at least if you got, you know, like you know, if you go to a pawn shop, and you know, I mean, I always find pawn shops fascinating. A good pawn shop, these guys that work at the pawn shop, they should be they should be psychologists because they can tell you who the good people are and they can tell you who the bad people are. You know what I mean? What did you just say? A pawn shop owner. A guy who works at a pawn shopper can tell you who the good people are and the bad people, because yeah, I, yeah, yes, they can. And but you know, I never go to pawn shops because I feel like when people are pawning something, they're in crisis and they need the money. And like jewelry, I don't buy used jewelry because it's got fingerprints on it. And, you know, kind of like they're, you're going to think it's weird, so I'm not even going to go into it because you're going to make fun of me. But anyway, me make fun of you? I, I get that. And yes, pawn shop people, <laughs> pawn shop um, owners and workers can tell. Oh, well, and, 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 and not only that, I mean, it's just like the thing that always gets me, you know, once again, fake reality TV shows, pawn stars. Okay. Fake, you fake, think fake. So? Oh, my God. It's so fake. It's so, it? oh, come on. I mean, here, here, let me give you, let me give you technical explanation 101, okay? These people come in with wireless microphones on, okay? When's the last time you went anywhere that you had a wireless microphone on you that somebody put on you? Hey, we're going to put this wireless microphone on you and you're going to walk in and you're going to pretend like, no, they're all setups. It's, that's not just luck of the draw, just guys walking in the door. That's just BS. You well, know. they're sitting there, and they're pre-approving them, and kind of like psychics do in the... In the no, uh, it's the, the Pawn Stars is 99.44% BS. I, I, I don't it, agree with that. It's BS. One of the time was that when I was in Vegas, I guess it was, I don't know, a few years back, um, I went there. And first off, you can't get close to the place. It's packed, and it's a little tiny place. It's just out of downtown in Las Vegas. It's a little tiny place. And and I, I've heard, I have a friend of mine that's in the TV business out there. He told me that they have another place that they actually shoot 
the, the program at, that they don't actually use that facility to do the program. They've got another place. It's almost like a set because when you go inside and look at the actual pawn store, it doesn't look like it does on TV. I mean, and I know things look different on TV, but it looks like the dimensions aren't right. And, and it, it just, you know, I mean, it's just to the point where it's like, and, and, but, but once again, it's like, it's like, it's fake, 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 fake. You know, like the goofy thing about it is, is there's so many of those real estate well, what shows. What about the Antiques Roadshow? Oh, oh, well, no, no, no. That's now that's real because of the fact that. Now, how do you know that? Because because they don't they don't they don't select the people. The people show up when it's like it was here in St. Louis. The people line up for blocks because they don't. They need, do that at Pawn Stars. No, 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 no. You're missing what I'm saying. You're missing what I'm saying. In that, why is it that always that like when somebody comes in, you know, and what's what Rick always says? I'm going to call my buddy, you know, and then he walks right in the door. You know, he's like he's been. You know, oh, he's right down the street. I knew you were going to come in and ask me about Indian artifacts, and so I was just hanging out down the street. Matter of fact, I was playing the slot machine right down the street at the 7-Eleven store, which is funny because my son will never forget that time, but that's a whole other story. Uh, it's Like I said, it's fake, 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 fake. Those people are all curated. The point I'm making is at the, at the, at the, the, the antique road show, those people are, are uh, uh, you know, they, they line up and they then they grab the people who have the interesting items. These people, they set up. It's just like I read this article the other day about the, what is it, the, the American Pickers? Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my God, is that fake? I mean, they talked about, you know, that, that you know, that, that they purposely, on some of these things, they bring in stuff to these people's places, you know, and they've already, they've already negotiated the deals. The deals are already negotiated. The, the producers have already gone in and said, okay, you know, uh, cut, cut us a price on this. And then what they'll do is then they'll tell the two dudes and the American pickers, okay, then, you know, you know, offer them this and they're going to take that, you know, and dicker them down and blah, 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 you know. And stuff like that. It's it's all it's all it's like like same thing with with storage wars. Fake, 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 fake. Okay, so thank you for pulling back the curtain on the people <laughs> that appreciate and and like those shows, Brad. No, but, Bravo. But once again, it's like the pro- you know sometimes you can't unhear things. The Property Brothers. You ever watch that show? I love that show. Okay, that who, I can't remember which one of the dudes is. This Drew. One of which one's which? Is, which They're wh- twins. Who cares? I know, but the one guy's you know all nice in the suit, and the other guy's supposedly getting dirty. Okay. Okay, I I I know for a fact this was this was someone in the know that told me this story that. That they, you know, because the one guy, he designs everything. Well, I'm going to put this and this and this and this and this. And it's interesting because now, like, the goofy thing is with the, uh, who's the, the, the Waco, the Waco couple. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, the. Chip and Joanne. Chip and Joanne. Okay. In the reboot of that show, because it's always like, Joanne, well, we're going to do this and we're going to paint this wall this. And in the reboot of that show, they went back and they, they bring in the designers who are working for her. She's not making all the decisions. And it's the same thing like with the deal with, with the... Well, that's pro- just like a regular business, Brad. No, 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 no. The idea being is that when you see the Property Brothers, you know, you think that like, you know, that like, oh man, he's making all the decisions. I, want, I want, actually want to write a letter to the Property Brothers and Chip and Joanne and see if my house is, um, I, I, I don't know. My house is qualified 
for them to come in and do that, do what they do. You'd never hear back from them. You don't think so? Well, mainly because, in fact, almost all the ones with Property Brothers are in Canada. Almost all those shows are shot in Canada. Most of those real estate shows are shot in Canada. Huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I think that my house is, would qualify. <laughs> is that good or bad? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. <laughs> well, what, let me finish. The, the, what I was going to say is that I know someone who told me the story that the Property Brothers were going to do a, a um, thing in, um, they were going to some city. And they did a casting call, and they wanted interior designers uh, to volunteer their services. And, the, and, they, and they, they told them how the show worked, that, you know, that they already had a house, you know, figured out. And, the, you know, that they already had people who, who sent, you know, like you. They said, you know, you come and do my house. And they already negotiated the deal with them, and they already talked to them, and they already told them what they were going to do. And everything was all cut and dried. And then they shot the video. And then the thing was that, that what's his face? The, what's their names? The two guys. I don't know. Okay. Here, I'll look, I'll look on Google. Frickin' Frack, let's call him, okay? So Frickin' Frack. Frickin' Frack. You know, uh-huh. let's say Frack is the, is the, you know, he's already, they, you know, they and the designers have already told him what, you know, they're going to do, and they've already sourced all the stuff, and they already hired the contractors, and they, and they negotiated the contractors down to practically nothing. Hey, we're going to, but yet, you know, they never give credit to the designers. They never give credit to the contractors. It's just Frack who runs around in his clean clothes. You know, <laughs> my, my old boss. You remember Ron Grubbs, right? I do. He was lovely. Ron Grubbs, uh, his father was killed in a um, um, actually after between the the Second World War and the Korean War. So his uncle sort of raised him. His uncle was a, owned a construction company, and Ron grew up you know, work you know building houses. And Ron used to always say, he says, never trust a guy who shows up on a construction site with a new truck, new tool, new tools, and clean clothes. <laughs> That's true. Oh, and by the way, the twin brothers are called Jonathan and Drew. Oh, Scott. Jonathan, yeah. Frickin' frack. Right. Okay. JD. JD. My son's name. I should know. I should remember 727, that. 727, Brad. Westplex 1071. We're the new station for the Westplex. You know, O'Fallon, St. Charles, St. Peter's, Wentzville, Lake St. Louis, Weldon Spring, and Darden Prairie. The Westplex. Westplex 1071. Westplex 107.1, it is BS in the Morning. Our website is bsinthemorning.show. The station for, or excuse the website for the station is westplex1071.com. You know who Tim Allen is? Mr. Tim the Toolman? I do. Um, you know, he's been criticized by Hollywood because he's become sort of a uh, proponent of uh, Republicans and not necessarily Democrats because, you know, most Hollywood is Democrat. Yeah. Um, he put a post up the other day, and this is all it said. This is on. Uh, this is on. This is a tweet. He put this on Twitter, and he just put very top socialism, Merriam-Webster. So he's taking a dictionary definition right. of socialism. One, any of various economic and political theories advancing, or excuse me, advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. Two, a system of society or group living in which there is no private property. Do you think he's against Bernie Sanders or what? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people well, against Bernie when Sanders. When you read that, it's like, okay, if you're like you and me that like own cars and you own a house, 
why would you be for a socialist? But yet, if you're like a young person who's like renting and doesn't have it, like if you live in like one of the, you know, like New York or San Francisco where you didn't own a car and you Ubered everywhere or you walked or you took public transportation or you rode your bike or your, your scooter or your skateboard or whatever, I mean, you go, yeah, I like this Bernie guy, you know? Yeah, I don't want to have to pay for anything. No, I don't have to pay for my education. Don't have to pay for this. Don't have to pay for that. Anyway, okay, I have to ask you a question. And I've been, I've been sort of, something happened to me last week. And um, every once in a while, things hit me. I don't know if this happens with you, but your parents have said something to you years and years and years and years and years ago, which all of a sudden resonated with you. And you said, whoa. I wonder if I screwed up. Yes, as a matter of fact, it has. Okay. When I was young, my mom told me, "If you don't go, if you go out without your head scarf, your chiffon scarf, you will get pneumonia." <laughs> and guess what? You got pneumonia. Yep. Okay. Let me tell you what happened to me last week. I went to an event, and when I got there, there was a woman who had a flat tire, her car, and she was there by herself. And um, I said I would change her tire. So another woman, and this was dark, another woman pulled her car over, and I didn't have my flashlight with me. Of course, you know, I mean, my, you know, God, that's a whole nother story. I had a really nice mag light, brand new mag light, and the batteries leaked in it. Drives me nuts. Anyway, uh, so another woman pulled her car up so that she could shine her headlights onto this car. So I go into this car, and you know, and, and, and it was one of these. And sort of, a, it's interesting. It was sort of like a pickup truck. If you've ever had a pickup truck, the the um, the the spare tire is underneath the back, and it yes. like hangs down by like a cable. And there's like a thing that you normally turn. It's like a winch, and the tire slowly comes down. You know what I'm talking about? You ever seen that before? I do. Yes. Okay. And then you you take it off of the cable. And then you, you know, then there's the jack and you jack the car up and the whole bit. So as this lady was there and she was holding her cell phone as well to, you know, give me more light because it was dark. And I was explaining to her what I was doing. Not to make it sound like, hey, honey, I'm Mr. Smart Guy. Let me show you how to change a tire. I was trying to essentially, you know, tell her, okay, look, this is what I'm doing in case she had to have, ever had to do it herself. Right? Right. I changed the tire, you know, successful, put the old tire and all their, you know, tire tools and stuff like that back of her car. And then the other woman said to me, why were you doing that to her? Why were you sort of talking down to her like you were teaching her how to change the tire? And I said, well, because I was trying to help her because you never know when she might be someplace where she might have to change it herself. What do you think? And what did the other woman say? Oh, that makes sense. No. Okay. <laughs> well, um. Okay. Was I wrong for, you know, or should I just said, hey, honey, you don't ever try this yourself because women can't do this. Would that would have been better to do? <laughs> no. No, I think you did the right thing. Okay. Well, I thought it was sort of interesting that I got called out a little bit by instructing her because I was sort of I was, I was doing it I was like it was, it was you know what's sort of funny about it is 
Nowadays. So did the ladies of the of the tires that you changed? Was she but, grateful? Oh yeah, very. Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been nicer. You know, and and she hit a pothole, and and I couldn't see. Quite honestly, I couldn't see any damage on the tire, and I couldn't see damage in the wheel because a lot of times you hit a pothole, especially with the you know the new uh, alloy wheels. I mean, they'll they'll crack, and and you know and and you know wheels. You know, some of them you get repaired, some you can't. Some aren't worth getting repaired. Some of them are just destroyed, and you just got to buy a new wheel at six hundred bucks you know and I couldn't see any problem with the tire so I think probably just what happened was the you know when she hit what you know the pothole she hit that it just it just broke the bead and the tire just deflated because she said she's got like her all you know her dashboard you know shows you know tire pressure and all the different tires and that one went to zero like right away so she sort of limped it into this parking lot and yeah she couldn't have been nicer and but I thought it was interesting because I'm thinking to myself at, at sort of it sort of you know goes to the old philosophy of of, you know, catch a fish and a man eats for a day, teach a man to fish and a man eats for life. So I was sort of going the philosophy of, you know, change a tire for a woman and you change the tire for a woman, teach a woman how to change a tire and she'll change tires at the Indy 500, right? Exactly. I think you did the right thing. <laughs> well, and, and it was actually, actually very sweet of you to uh, well, offer to change your tire. No, I'm not it's sweet, whatever. You know, the, the problem was that, um, um, you know, it's to the point where, where uh, this was a... I don't want to say what kind of car it was because um, I don't want to make fun of the fact that it was a car that you couldn't have, you couldn't have given me. It was a nice car, relatively new, but it was a model and a make that you know people would go like, okay, I can't believe you bought that, you know. But you know, wasn't the right car to buy. But that's, did you go? No. <laughs> well, you love Hugos. You keep telling me stories. My dad loved his Hugo. Pieces of he junk. Did. Piece of P.O.S. as they say in the car in the in the car thing, P.O.S. Uh, but anyway, that's the deal. So I'm just curious, and I appreciate your feedback on that because because you know once again I can remember I think I did this with my daughter once, and she could care less. You know, she was like the attitude, eh, I don't care. You know, I I you know I try to teach her stuff like that. Eh, I don't care. I don't want to learn that. Okay, whatever. You know, and to the point where, to me, as it's like, it's like, see, this is this is maybe where, where maybe I'm wired wrong. I always try to be sort of like maybe it's it's my you know I was in the Boy Scouts for a while and I wasn't very good Boy Scout. I broke my arm at at, at on a camp out one time, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, that's sort of the the, the Boy Scout motto. You know, always be prepared and and always be. And, and like, for example, I mean, you know, you deal with the firefighters out there in Wentzville. That's what these guys live for. They're yes. trained to always be in a position where no matter what's thrown at them, they can, you know, either, you know, A, they're trained for it or B, they can figure out what to do. You know what I mean? Yes. And and they, and they do, and they're very good to me, actually. Well, but 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 see, to me, that's that's what what I think. What's there's certain things um, that certain municipalities teach, like you know what the CERT program is, C E R T. I do. Okay, that's essentially what they're doing. There is they're teaching people to be self reliant and to be able to help other people who may be in need. You know, sort of, you know, in, in times of disasters and problems like that to essentially, you know, and the idea being is that nine times out of 10, the citizens, not the police or the fire, are the first on the scene of accidents, house fires, you know, um, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I do. There's a <laughs> there's a there's a running joke in the uh, second 
uh, amendment uh, or, or the, the the firearms, um, you know, especially the guys, concealed carry guys, you know yeah. what it is? When seconds count, police are minutes away. That's actually not very nice. <laughs> but when you think about it, it's true. When seconds count, police are minutes away. You know, it's one of those things where you hear it at first, like, no, hold on, let me think about that. For, ooh, that's not good. They're sort of making fun of the fact that well, what they're saying essentially is, look, you can't always rely on dialing 911 and having somebody show up immediately and help you, right? I don't know. They're, they're actually, their response time is actually pretty spot on. Yeah, but depends on where you're at. If you're like in Augusta, you know, I mean, like in certain parts of like, you know, if, let's say you go out like, you know, southern Missouri and northern Missouri. I mean, I've heard that it's not unusual in some of these real rural areas. That if you call the sheriff, it'd be an hour before they get there. I mean, I can tell you a story when my old police dispatcher days, Troop C, um, you know, matter of fact, the entire Troop C, which is, uh, you know, in the uh, state of Missouri, uh, you know, the headquarters right out there at Highway 94 and 40. It's St. Charles County, St. Louis County, St. Louis City. I believe it's Lincoln, Warren, Franklin. I think there might be a couple other counties. Sometimes, sometimes on the night shift, you know, like, you know, midnight shift, there were only two cars on duty for the entire area. Five, six counties, two cars. Well, think about um, that for a minute. <laughs> what was the cri- what was the crime? Uh, no, but but I mean the percentage. idea. Well, no, no. I'm saying. I mean, if you, if you had like an accident, if you're on if you're on 55 in Jefferson County, and the guys the guys in Troy, Missouri, you know, it's like it's going to take them a while to get there. Jefferson County doesn't cover Troy. No, I'm saying Troop C, Missouri Highway Patrol, Troop C. Oh, okay, they got do, it. They do St. Charles County, Franklin County, Warren County, Lincoln County, you know, because the, the whole state's divided up into troops, and each troop ha- can you know handles numerous counties. So, so you know, supposedly at the night, this was told to me years ago by another police officer, and he said, you know, at night, they only got two, two state troopers on for the entire Troop C. I go, uh-huh. really? And how long ago was that? I don't know, 20 years or so ago. God, that's I'm what, sure it's changed by now. Well, that's what he told me. He told me that, uh, you know, you'd be surprised. And I know some of the counties, some of the rural counties, I've heard Warren County only has two guys on at night. Entire county. Two guys. How big is the county? Warren County's huge. Warren County is when you cross the the river there in, in, in uh, you know, when you come north in 47 out of, uh, out of, uh, of um, uh, Washington, you're in Warren County. And that goes all the way up. You know, you know, 270 and north of 70, you know, way up there to the point where Warren County goes up and and ultimately touches uh, Lincoln County. So, you know, Warren. Well, I'm sure that if um, their crime rate warranted it, warranted more police officers, they would be put on duty. That's according to Shelley. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Westplex 107.1. You know what? That is why I like popular music. Songs like that. Harry Styles. What a great song that is. Really See, good. He was not whiny. Well, you know, I mean, what a talented guy. You, you, Very. You, do, do you know? Do you know the interesting? I, you know, he's one of the original. Um, one Direction kids, One Direction men, boys, whatever Did you want to call them. Did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what's interesting about that? Do, do you never know how they came together? Do you know how that, that whole thing happened? Was that another Perlman band? No, Simon Cowell. This and this was—I don't know if that. I can't, oh, that's right. But, but yeah. see, here's the yeah, in, yeah, yeah. the interesting part of the story is that 
all the One Direction guys auditioned separately. I don't know if this was a setup or not. Probably a setup. But I, I don't think if, I don't know if this was on uh, Britain's Got Talent or if this was on X Factor, which the shows are sort of similar. But I might have been X Factor, and Simon Cowell was on that one too. Whoever was on one, and they all in, they all auditioned separately. And it was interesting because there were two groups that they put together. There were a group of women who auditioned separately, and there were a group of men who auditioned separately. And they they got these five originally five guys, One Direction. I think it was four women, and I have no idea what the name of the group of the women was, but they turned them into groups. And they brought them out on stage, and they said, you know, hey, we thought, you know. Each one of you were so good, but yet we didn't think that any of you were up to the point where you could be solo artists, but we think you'd make a great group. And that's what they did. They made a group out of the five guys that auditioned for X Factor or America's Got Talent, whatever you want to call it. Boy, you got the sniffle still, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sniffle you and I are like, microphone. You and, I are like, you and I are like the walking wounded this week, aren't we? Man, I'm telling you, I hate this weather. But I'm not contagious. One more. Uh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting feedback from Story. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the woman's smartest, the, the, the world's smartest woman uh, talk, uh, said that there was a story on the nightly news recently about what I talked about, the cell phone machines that, where you recycle your cell phones. Yes. Uh, she said, thieves use it, steal phone in store, and get cash immediately, usually drug money. I didn't think about that. So you steal a phone in the store. And then you go, you have a fake ID, and then you go, we're talking about these machines in the stores where they're automated, where you essentially sell your phone to the machine. And then they recycle the, the phone. And the reason I brought that up, because I was there the other day when the guy was taking the phones out of the machine. And, um, you know, think about that, though. You fake ID. And there's obviously some kind of a system on there that takes your video. So in other words, they got a picture of you. They got an ID. And to the point where I'm thinking to myself, okay, they got your picture. Okay, you and I. You know, we you know we we're concerned about that because you know privacy. The, it's the, very big brotherish. The crooks, they don't care. No, they don't. <laughs> they, you know, hey, I got a fake idea. I mean, it's to the point where where sometimes you hear these stories. You know, like like you know I you know like you watch, God, I, the the new one. This is PD Live thing. Oh oh, by the way, I sent you that video. Was that funny yesterday or what? Which video was that? The the cops video? Yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, dude, seriously. This, this was <laughs> You're this, messed up. This was this was this has been out for a while. And every every time I see it, it's just so funny. Cop pulls a guy over. The guy's obviously inebriated, you know, you know, or whatever it is. He's drunk or stoned or something like that. And the cops got him out of the car. And the cops asking him, hey, you know, you know, you well, came from the bar. What do you had? He said he had a couple beers. And then the cops start quizzing him down. You got any drugs in the car? Well, no, no, no drugs in the car. And the cops like, oh, I, th- I think you've been smoking marijuana. You know, oh, no. And the first guy says, he says something like, no, I didn't I, smoke any no, pod. no, yeah, I didn't smoke any pod. And then and he and then the cop says, you know, you don't have any drugs on you? No, nothing in the car. Well, there might be a roach or two in the ashtray. Doesn't he say something like that? Yes, he does. <laughs> and so. So the cop is, and this guy's wearing a baseball cap, and, and you can see the cop really eyeing this guy very carefully, and the cameraman apparently sees it too, so the cameraman swings around to the side, goes behind the cop, and goes off to the guy's right side, and the guy's got a joint behind his ear. <laughs> and the cop now, keeps... <laughs> answer me this. 
do you think that that uh, show was for real? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because 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 the cop shows, you know, they're not. You know, it's not like they're saying, okay, now here's what we're gonna do. You we're gonna, you know, the police are gonna come down the street. And you're gonna pull out in front of them and do a U-turn. No, it's this real stuff. Because here's what you don't see. So here's, how do you determine what's real and what's not? But the difference Brad? is here's the difference, Shelley. The difference is there's no director there. See, that is the difference. How do you know that? I know that for a fact because one of my friends, once upon a time, was a cameraman for one of these shows. It wasn't Cops, but it was another show like that. And he said he was just with the cop. There was no director saying, okay, now do this, now do this, now do that. You know, that. and what they do is, and he said, once again, he says, you don't realize the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of videotape that they shoot on those things. Because he says sometimes they'd go out on a night, he'd spend a whole night with like a police officer, nothing. It was boring, you know? They'd get a couple calls, you know, dog barking, and they'd go, you know, hey, ma'am, your dog's barking, your neighbor's complaining, or, you know, they'd have somebody who was speeding, and, you know, oh, I just got off of work, I'm sorry, okay, fine, you know, I'll give you a warning. It was all boring stuff. You know, and, and, and the, you know, the whole idea is you put enough of these guys out there. There was not too long ago, uh, two or three years ago, where one of the cameramen, I, I don't know if it was for cops or one of the, one of the cameramen was killed because they, they, they responded to like a shooting at like a fast food place. I want to say like a Popeye's or something like that. And the cameraman followed the, uh, even though there were, he and the cameraman was wearing a bulletproof vest, the cameraman, you know, followed the cops in, you know, in this shooting and he got shot and killed. You know, now you tell me that wasn't real. You know, because I, I didn't see the episode, so I couldn't. Well, tell well, you. once again, the idea being is is that these are random events. I mean, this isn't like like you know you know these people didn't show up at the police station going there like there are some pretty hey. messed up people out in the well, world. Well, no, I mean the point being is the people didn't show up at the police station. It's not like you know, hey, cops is going to be in Wentzville next week, and we want you to come and commit a crime, you know, in front of our cameras. You know, I mean, it's not like that. Where you know, hey, are you going to drive drunk next Friday? Hey, tell us where you're going to be so we can come and videotape you getting arrested. No, it doesn't happen like that. All I'm saying is people are weird, but you you still don't know if it's real. It's like the real estate shows. You pulled the curtain back for everybody, Brad. Well, but why? It's like a spoiler alert. Hey. You know, it's just like I could say that Shelly and I, like I'm in my tuxedo, and right now Shelly is dressed in her evening grind and tiara, but, you know, but Shelly's actually in her bunny pajamas, and I'm sitting here in my underwear, you know? How did you I mean, know I was wearing my tiara? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, talking about pulling back the curtain, right? I mean, look, let's call it the way it is, right? I'm not in my bunny slippers, but I am wearing my tiara. <laughs> oh, it's 8.04. Westplex 107.1, that's going to do it for Brad and Shelly. We're done for the day. We are going to... Uh, go out and um, you know i think i'm going to go down to clayton. make a difference uh, i'm going to go down to clayton i'm going to watch all the people jump out of the buildings in clayton why have you seen the stock market this week i heard it went down <laughs> it's been it's gotten hammered this week and you you uh, unfortunately i know a couple of these people who've already said to me oh my god my 401k is doing terrible well like, oh i feel so bad for you you know, of course, over the last, over the last, <laughs> that was sincere. Well, over the last three, four years, you've made a killing in your 401k, and now there's a little bit of a correction, and you're going ape, ape. Yeah, you know what? That's what happens. Yeah, yeah, stock market goes up, stock market goes down. I'm not making fun of people, but it's to the point where it's like, it's like, you know. Anyway, 
Um, I do. Yeah, it's so it's Friday today. Yeah, everybody have a great weekend. There's uh, balls going on tonight. Yeah, there's yeah. celebration ball with the Western St. Charles Chamber. What's the celebration there's a ball? Community Living Gala on Saturday. What's that? What's the celebration ball tonight? What is that for? It's for um, the celebration ball for Western St. Charles Chamber. It's where they vote for um, business of the year, small business of the year, um, ambassador of the year. It's it, this is celebrating the members. Celebrating the members. Are they celebrating us? Yes. Or what? What are we getting celebrated for? Because we're awesome. We, do we get the? I heard that we in, in what in you know Fallon Chamber. I heard we we're getting the Brian Richardson Award. Okay. Anyway, so it's eight oh eight. Everybody have a great day. It's been a slice of heaven as usual, Brad. Isn't, isn't that true, Shelley? And um, I really do hope that you all get out and enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the day today. The sun is going to be out. It's going to be a magnificent day. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Shell. Peace. Well, what do you have to say next? Remember, you have to... And now the most important man in St. Charles steps up to the microphone and says... Uh, Christy and Joe Horton, uh, ninth oh anniversary, gosh, and Hugh Janus, turning Charles, 10. Just so you know, Caleb Hunter is. Okay, so so do you know that, that he called in earlier? Who did? Caleb. What did he say? Well, he was... I said, I said, Caleb, I said, seriously, what do you think of the show? And he said, it made me want to heave. He did not say that because he happens to like our show. <laughs> and so now, Caleb, but, it's time for you to step up to the microphone, dude. Have a great weekend. But you know, you know what he said? How many times am I going to have to call this man to the microphone before you, he, <laughs> until you stop he, interrupting? He told me he wanted our show to go to four hours instead of two. Because, now that I believe. Because that way he'd listen to one hour and that way... After about 25% of the way through, I thought I dropped acid. So, see, he'd listen to one hour, but he wouldn't listen to the other three. You know that that's not cool, right? What? Um, anyway, Caleb, it's your turn. Please get my boss off the radio. Oh, and, and don't forget XFL this weekend, another great home game, and Shelly's advice to the Battlehawks. Draw back two and punt. <laughs> You're so funny. I know that's a perk to you. It's what? What'd you say? A perk. A perk in what respect? Just sit there and push your buttons. And then Shelly. Along with pushing mine. And Shelly is going to be tonight at uh, the Parrot Lounge right there on 94 Junk Station, uh, 364, 94, whatever you want to call it now, Junk Station. She's going to be doing uh, karaoke. And matter of fact, this is from last week and she was there. What does the fox say? <laughs> Brad, it's 8-11. We need to go. Oh, you know what we forgot to do? Nothing. The show disclaimer. Call your doctor right away or get emergency help if you feel faint, confused, very sleepy or very hot, or agitated, acting clumsy, breathing more slowly than normal, or have stiff muscles. This is not a full list of risks and side effects. That's the uh, disclaimer we have to run now because NARPA has decided that our show is hazardous to your health. So that's the one we have to run. Okay. Again, everyone have a great weekend. I believe that. Brad, it's time to let Caleb do his job. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Uh, Christy and Joe Horton, uh, ninth anniversary, and Brad, Hugh Janus, turning 10. I believe that. Stop it. Um, they don't have dog pictures of the government. What are you doing? Ain't nobody got time for that. 
Exactly. Yeah, Nobody's got time is. for that, Brad. Ain't nobody does that. I love him. <laughs> and now, the most important man in St. Charles County steps to the microphone and says, Hey, people, your mom called. She says to call Extreme Electrical for your residential, commercial, or industrial needs. Give us a call, 636-925-2988, or on the web at ExtremeElectricalSTL.com. Westplex 1071. It's today's best music for the Westplex. Westplex 1071. Said he tried to phone me, but I never have time. He said that I 